welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. Welcome, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, buenas noches. Welcome to episode two of I'll Marry You with me, Olivia Coleman. Thank you so much for listening to episode one. And if you haven't, what, what are you, I don't understand what you've been doing. Go back. It's very brief. I wanted to talk to you today about proposals. Let's start at the beginning. I mean, that's not technically the beginning. I suppose like dating is the beginning, meeting the person you're going to marry. That's the beginning. But I have been with my husband now. We have been together for nearly... 14 years. It is a long ass time. 14 years. So, I mean, the internet basically wasn't invented when I met him. There was online dating, but I'd never done it because I went straight from school to uni. And I think at that time it was literally just plenty of fish, or as us cool kids called it, poff. (laughs) Can you imagine? I, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that was the only thing that was around then. So it wasn't really a big deal. People didn't really do it. So I've never done online dating. Never. Now, I have friends that have done it, obviously, and I have friends that do it now. And I am obsessed with it. I actually said to my husband, not that many years ago, this is is one of those oversharing moments that I feel like I should probably run past him, but he'll never listen to this. Very supportive like that. Um, I said to him a few years ago, babe, I think that we should do online dating. He was quite understandably taken aback. And I said, no, 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 I've got no interest, or have I, in in finding someone else or in leaving you or cheating or whatever. But I think that it would be really good for our relationship. It would be like an ego boost just for one week. Don't, you know, don't plan to meet up with anyone. Don't take it too far. But just for one week, get on out there, swipe left, swipe right, whatever you do. And um, just for a bit of fun. Suffice to say that did not happen. Uh, He was not on board, wimp. And I (laughs) I actually don't know what came over me because I know that within five minutes of him signing up, I mean, my I'm okay. I'm biased, but my husband's pretty hot. Like he's gorgeous. I think he's a combination of Hugh Jackman and the Wolverine, which is actually the same person. Oh my god, I literally just realised that's the same person. But the character, (laughs) I know he's Hugh Jackman. In short, he's Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine, um, in my mind, anyway. Um, I feel like in reality, he, he's a bit more sort of Wreck-It Ralph, but still, marriage is blind, love is blind. Um, so that didn't happen. So I've never, ever done online dating and it's terrifying to me. Um, it's brutal, right? Like I have friends, boys and girls, girls and boys, women, men, everything in between, um, that go online dating and it is hardcore. Like you get ghosted and these are friends who are in their 30s and they're meeting people in their 30s and they're still getting ghosted. Like, that's crazy. That's just rude. How were you brought up? That is not okay. Oh, so I'd be awful at it. I'd be terrible. I'm far too insecure. And, you know, visually, I'm like a five. Personality-wise, I'd mark myself like a strong nine. But that's not what people know when they're swiping, are they? They would just look at me and think, big nose, bad teeth. She looks fun, but meh. <laughs> I mean, that's how I see myself. When I was younger, when I was much younger, actually, I said to my, I used to complain a lot because I was always very big boned. I think that's why I'm moderately amusing now is because I was always very big boned as a child. So I I worked out pretty quick that if you're not hot as like 
a teenager, you need something to attract the boys, right? So I would make them laugh. So I had all these guy friends, but I had no boyfriends. So I feel like online dating would not have been my thing. And I've never done it. And I will never do it because fingers bloody crossed, I'm going to be with my husband forever. So I can't sit here and talk to you about that because I'm not an expert. I wish I was. I love it. I go on. I write a lot of profiles to my friends. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I've been known to like chat to people for them, which is actually terrible. I think that's called catfishing. I'm not sure. Um, but I have not done it myself for myself. So I can't start there. So on the marriage journey, and I might come back to courting, you know, and things like that. But for today, let's talk proposals. So I will start with the obvious, how I was proposed to. I, James and I had been together, um, golly, eight years, eight or nine years. I mean, it was inevitable. You know, he, he obviously had taken a liking to my large nose and bad teeth. <laughs> and he, he'd got to know my nine, nine and a half personality. So he was fine. He was hooked. So we'd been together a while, a long while, and we'd lived together and it was wonderful. And we'd spoken about it. I was always that girl. This won't surprise you. I was always that girl that planned my wedding and that planned my proposal and that planned what I was going to wear and where I was going to go. I used to be like, I'd go on family holidays as a teenager and just lie on the beach and be like, God, I can't wait to bring my boyfriend here. I can't wait to have a boyfriend to take on holiday. Or you know, family Christmases. Oh, I can't wait to bring my boyfriend to a family Christmas. Like I was just, I used to just dream of, of having that person in my life. It's terribly sad when you think, when you think about it. God, it's taking, this podcast is taking a real turn. So I'd always thought about it. That is just who I am. Now, a lot of people aren't like that and I get that and that's fine. And that's probably healthier if I'm honest, but you know, everyone is different. Some people have thought about it for years. Some people, meh, it's crossed their mind and others can't think of anything worse than being proposed to or proposing, right? So that's where I'm at. That's my headspace. We've been together a long time. It's inevitable. We've spoken about it. So my first stop on the the engagement train, hello, just came up with that. The first stop on the engagement train was Pinterest, as is for many, many brides of mine. Um, Pinterest really comes into its own when you're planning a wedding. I mean, there is nothing better, but also nothing worse because it gives you all these incredible ideas and, and, and inspiration, which is wonderful. But also, you know, that is a picture. And that's probably a picture on a beach in Hawaii that cost 500,000 to, to recreate. And you ain't going to get that girl in the southwest of the UK. Okay. So it's a double edged sword, Pinterest. But what I've learned through the years is that it is great for visual um, ideas, visual inspiration. Now, my husband is visual, believe it or not. And he, he, I mean, he's a very, again, I don't want to generalise, but this is, this is my podcast, right? So I have to say what I, what I say, say what I see, see what I say, say how I feel. Um, he's a man, man. He is a man mountain. He's a man. And he is therefore, ergo, somewhat hopeless. So I have to literally like drip feed him things. So with Pinterest, I created a board and I didn't even call it like jewellery or things I like or pretty, pretty things that would go on my ring finger. I literally called it for James. I think I put an X at the end because you know I'm polite. So I created a board for James and I filled it with images of engagement rings that I liked. 
And then I downloaded Pinterest on his phone. He knew about that. I'm not total psycho. And I said to him, just an FYI, babe, we were in discussions about it or whatever. And I said, FYI, there is a board on my Pinterest that um, has rings on that I like. So, you know, when the time comes, you know what kind of style I'm into. I, if anything, I see myself as being really super helpful. Okay. So that was step one on the engagement train. Step two, he is a man man, but he's also a very traditional man. I am a very traditional person myself. I wouldn't say I'm particularly um, religious, um, maybe quite spiritual. I don't know. I don't really like labels. Um, I just sort of am what I am. But one thing I am is traditional. And you might see it as very archaic and and old school and pointless and totally anti-feminist, which it is. But he did ask for my hand in marriage from my father. He asked my father's permission. Now, that is the phrase you use, but that isn't what it is. It's just like a courtesy. It's I'm sure if my dad had said, no, sod off, you, you ain't no good for my baby girl. Um, I just had a vision then of my dad bursting into TRC, don't want no scrubs, which would be sensational. If my dad had said no, he would have been like, sod it, I'm doing it anyway. It, was, it wasn't an actual asking of permission. It was more of a courtesy because my dad is also very, very traditional. He's old school, he's army, he's farming. He is, you know, he's very by the book. So it would have meant a lot to my dad to be asked permission. So it's, let me think, April. And uh, we're on, on a family holiday in Spain. My mum, my dad, me, James, and our friend. And we are, um, we're out in town. We're going to, this is where we go all the time. So we know where we are. We go, dad and James go off to the bar that we always go to in the square. And us girls go to the shops, you know, <laughs> classic. Again, very anti-feminist. Apologies. Um, and we've been together a while. We've been talking about it. He'd got my Pinterest board. And so we're walking down the street. And I look over and I can see James sat at the bar with my dad as we're walking over. And I turn to my friend, Nicole, and I say, he's just asked permission. And she was like, what? 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 Oh my God. What? What? <laughs> like I was actually psychic. I was like, I know it. I just know it. I can see from his face. I can see from his smile. This is James, not my dad. My dad's just like counting money going, thankfully, it's back to me. It's back to me. I don't have to spend any more on that one. Um... And James, I could just tell, I could just tell from James's face. So I don't say anything. We go over, we sit down, we have drinks, we have a lovely meal, we go home. <laughs> We've had a few, a few drinks. And James <laughs> tells me. So that night we're back, we're lying in bed and he's like, I don't, I don't, I can't remember exactly if I asked him or if he said it first, but anyway, it was said. He admitted that he had asked my dad's permission that night. He was like, I wanted to do it here. This place means a lot to your family. This place means a lot to your dad. And I know that, you know, sitting in the square in Spain over a beer would be the, the right time to ask him. And um, he said, yes. So, you know, that's that. And I was like, oh my God, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? I wanted to know everything. Have you ever found that when you ask a woman, again, I'm sort of generalizing, but when you ask a woman to like retell a story or share some gossip, they know it word for word second by second, blow by blow, one of my favourite phrases, um, what, what was said. They can retell that story perfectly. If you ask a man what was said, tell me the gossip, retell that story. Oh, um, so then I said, oh, do you know what? I think, well, oh, I just, he said something like, 
they are hopeless. So I'm going, oh my God, tell me everything. I have to know exactly word for word. What did you say? What did my dad say? I'm so excited. This is like, this is the, this is the next stop, people, on the engagement train. Chew, bloody chew. We're halfway there. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, now it's inevitable. It's coming any moment. So I ask him word for word. He doesn't remember anything. And actually, do you know what? To this day, he still has never told me what was said in that conversation. He has said quite sweetly, I think, that it was a private conversation and it went well and it was lovely. And my dad was lovely and James was lovely and it went perfectly. And he, he gave his blessing, but it was a private conversation between them. And I don't need to know that. Now that's bollocks. I'm going to get it out of him one day when he's older, maybe. Or I could sort of coerce him with some sort of sexual situation. I don't know, but I'm going to get it out of him. I need to know what was said that day. So that's step two, complete. So he's got the Pinterest board and he's got permission. <laughs> so old school, I'm sorry. And um, and that's that's it. That's wonderful. So there's there's only, surely there's only three steps, right? The third step is to ask the bloody question. Um, so that was April. And comes May. That goes. No ring. Oh, hi, June. How are you? No, off you chop. July. You looking good? No, you're not. Okay. August. No, nada. No ringioso. September. Nope. October? No, 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 no. November, people. November. So he asked my dad's permission, told me about it in April, and then made me wait till November for him to ask. So that entire time, those all those months, every time he went for a poo, I thought, this is it. This is it. I mean, on the plus side, my nails have never looked better so consistently. But it was getting to a point where I was like, oh, for sake, I kept creating scenarios. I mean, the man ate like a king for all those months because I kept trying to sort of be, okay, this is a nice time, isn't it? Sweet pea. I was wearing matching underwear. I never wear matching underwear. And if I do, it's they're both grey. They were once white and they've been washed too many times. It was constant disappointment. Anyway, the time came. November. I was hungover. We'd been to a rugby game the night before. Free booze. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, you know, get your money's worth. And we were living in our flat in Bradford on Avon, which is the beautiful little um, village on the river, only sort of a few minutes from where we are now. But it was it was our first house together. It was our first flat together. So we were living there. It was a Sunday. And he said, why don't we go for a really nice lunch, which wasn't an odd thing for us to do. What was odd was that he suggested we go for a walk first. This is the man who uses the phrase, why walk when you can drive? Like often, he uses that phrase often. I had a route that along the river that I used to go running on and I loved it. It was so pretty. And he said, why don't you take me on that walk and you can show me where you go running? And I thought, oh, hello. Oh, hello. But I didn't want to get my hopes up because it had been so many months of bloody disappointment. So I thought, okay, fine, cool, 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 cool. Then he put a shirt on. I was like, oh, another sign. Back on with the matching underwear. You know, It wasn't like I thought he was going to propose to me whilst I was in my underwear. That would be terribly uncouth along the riverbed. But still, one has to be prepared. Put a nice dress on, nice scarf, nice boots, nice shoes. Nice boots and shoes, both. I have four legs at this point. Um, and we go for a walk along the river and it is it is a beautiful autumnal day. And... It's my favourite time of year and the leaves and the water and it's, it is, it's gorgeous. And then there's a bit where you go down the um, hill and you get to the weir. 
and it's beautiful. It's like a mini waterfall. There's trees everywhere, and it is. It's lovely. And he, that's where he asked. So he got down on one knee and he said something <laughs> about us, about loving me forever and how happy I make him. And he used my full name, said Olivia Isabel Sargent. There you go. You can take the piss out of that one now. Olivia Isabel Sargent, will you do the honour of becoming my wife? And he opened the ring and I went, fuck. <laughs> I'm so uncouth. Oh, if I could turn back time. That was what I said. Fuck. And then I said yes. And it was incredible. It was in, it was just the most magical moment. And then um, a, a, a group of tourists appeared through the bushes. <laughs> they weren't there on purpose. It was just by chance. Um, and they took pictures of us. And then we went to our favourite restaurant uh back up the river and we had lunch and then we facetimed everyone mum was in the frozen food section of the supermarket screaming telling all the staff and all the customers and dad very good and no emotion um and it was lovely lovely and then the next day my friends came over and bought magazines blah, blah, blah. but it was wonderful and it was private um we didn't tell anyone until after our lunch so it was a little bit like our little secret which was actually really nice for two hours two and a bit hours it was just our secret and it was like just our, our bubble and even though I knew it was coming it was it, it didn't take anything away from it it was it was the most magical moment of my life and I'm so glad that he did it that way so he did it privately and he did it in a place that means a lot to us he he said to me later that he wanted to do it on neutral ground so he didn't want to do it uh, where my parents live or where his parents live or Spain, where we go or Cyprus, where they go. He wanted to do it in Bradford-on-Avon, where we live in our own space, in our own area. And I think that's really lovely. And yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Now, do I wish there was some sort of a flash mob? Perhaps I do. No, I don't. Not really. But there, <laughs> it, that was wonderful for me. But obviously, as you can imagine, in my experience in the wedding world, I have heard a lot a lot of proposal stories, people. I mean, everything you can imagine. And I tend to gush over each and every one because that's what you do. Some of them, I think, oh my God, you're the luckiest person in the world. Others, I think I'd rather die if I'm being totally honest. Um, I've never heard a bad one because actually, do you know what? That's the thing about weddings is even if there is a wedding that's not to my taste or that I don't like or a story I don't like or a proposal or whatever I don't like, it's not about me. It's about them. So as long as a wedding is true to the two people getting married, that is what is important, not what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. So when people tell me their proposal stories, it, it is with genuine awe, because if they loved it, then that's all that matters, isn't it? So I've heard some, I've heard some great ones. I've also heard recently, not that recently and not that often, which I do think is still surprising, but more recently I have been hearing the woman proposing to the man when it is a straight man-woman um, relationship. And then of course, you know, nowadays, if you've got two men who proposes to who, two women who proposes to who, it kind of, I think it's less about the sex of the person and who proposes, because I, I would hope at that point, it's already kind of known that you're going to get married. I don't imagine proposing to someone as being the fear of rejection the fear of will they say yes or no it is more I imagine anyway I've never done it but it is more I imagine 
the fear of wanting to get it right and wanting to get it perfect. And what words am I going to say? And how am I going to do it? Which knee am I going to get down on? Am I going to get down on one knee? Will she think it's her birthday? Mm -hmm. Who knows? I also think choosing the ring must be terrifying. A lot of people, a lot of people will buy a makeshift ring. They'll buy one, like a Haribo ring or just a simple band or something to propose with because their um, fiance, their partner has already said, like, I want to choose my own ring. And I can imagine that is a huge amount of pressure to choose a piece of jewellery that that person should love and then, in theory, will wear on their hand every day for the rest of their life. That's huge. Do you know what? That's why you have a Pinterest board, isn't it? And he he did. He looked at that Pinterest board and he picked the most perfect ring. Um, he had it made. That is a whole different thing. We're going to get into that in another episode. I'm going to interview Daisy Coppin, who owns Coppins of Caution which is a local independent jewellers. She is an absolute babe. And her and James designed my engagement ring and she does all sorts of engagement rings. She's wonderful. So that's another episode. So we'll get onto that another time. Um, so all these proposal stories are coming at me. Now, one of the best ones I've listened to recently were was from a couple um, that I met planning their wedding. And so they have this thing where they call it alphabet dating. So they go through the alphabet once a month, take it in turns, and they have to use that letter to come up with a date. So I guess if you started at A, you could go for an all-you-can-eat Chinese. <laughs> it just came to me. Um, you could fly to the Arctic. Uh, B, you could board a plane. What else could you do? You could eat brisket. You could go to Bristol for the day. Do you know what I mean? I think it's such a cool idea. So that's what they did anyway. And then it got to her turn. She proposed to him. It got to her turn. And I can't remember the exact, but I think it was F and she chose film or it was P and she chose photography. I don't remember the details, but anyway, so what it transpired that on this date, they were going to take some photos and develop these photos themselves in this really cool, edgy sort of uh, studio in London. And they spent the whole day doing it and they had so much fun, so much fun. And then when they got to what they call, I think they call it the dark room. Yeah, the dark room, which is where you um, develop the pictures from scratch. It's I used to do it at school. It's a really cool process, actually. And she had already set up with the guy who ran the, the studio that this would happen, that this would be a thing. So she'd set it up so that when he developed certain pictures, the guy who in the studio had purposefully slipped in certain pictures that would then develop into will you marry me how cool is that like that is so cool and she he was getting really paranoid because she was acting so chummy with this studio guy and he was like oh, hang on a minute hang on a minute what are you coming on to my girl but it was just because they were in cahoots so i thought that was a really good story i really loved that story any one that is any proposal that's private i think's really lovely I love the idea of something private with just you two, but then, you know, you've got everyone around later on, maybe. Maybe a party has been put on or just go to the pub or you see your mum or your dad or your sister or your brother or whatever. I think it's lovely to have that, that exact moment, just you, and then to share it with the world. People do all sorts. Oh my God, go on YouTube. So you've got like flash mobs in Disneyland, Florida. You must have seen that one on YouTube. It is, I mean, it is epic. It is unbelievable. And I do really enjoy a flash mob. 
Or you can do, I mean, there are people, there are companies that you can hire to create proposals. How crazy is that? I feel like the bigger the proposal, the bigger the wedding. So if you spend 10 grand on a proposal, that's not even the ring, like just the, the, the action of doing it. If you spend 10 grand on that, people are going to expect the bloody moon for the big day, aren't they? So you don't want to set yourself, you don't want to set yourself up to fail. So I was looking at all these things last night and I was sort of going over old proposal stories that I've heard over the years. And I came across a website called How They Ask. And they actually give you the opportunity to take a quiz. So it like tells you what your ideal proposal would be if you take this quiz. So I'm going to take this quiz. So it's you can click on category, location, take the quiz. I'm just going to take the quiz. Now, what I what struck me about this when I looked at it briefly last night was that this quiz, it's an American website, and this quiz is straight away um, she. So straight away, there isn't even an option for you to be proposing to a, a he, which I don't agree with, but we're going to go with it because it's here. So um, you, I want my proposal to be artsy, funny, outdoors, private, public, flash mob, kids involved, family, friends, scavenger hunt. Now that's fun. Scavenger hunt. If I did a scavenger hunt and there wasn't food at the end, I feel like I'd be disappointed. Um, let's go with the funny. Do you want it to be funny? I don't think you want it to be funny. You want it to be serious, no? Let's go be artsy. Okay, let's go artsy. My partner is adventurous, crafty, down to earth, girly, outdoorsy, quirky, sentimental, sporty. Well, there's very few of those that I'm going to go with. Sentimental. My partner loves animals. Nope. Being pampered, yep. Grand gestures, meh. Romance, shopping, spontaneity, the outdoors and traveling. Let's say romance. Okay, so we're searching. So I, all I've said is that my woman, because that's the only option I had, was artsy, sentimental and likes romance. And that's loading. That's probably not going to give me an answer. I wonder how different a proposal would be if it was a woman proposing to a man or a man. But like, I don't, I wonder if people... If that's the whole thing, I'd be interested to hear. I want to hear your proposal stories. Um, I want to hear if you are thinking of proposing, if you want any ideas of how to propose. Don't go on this quiz because it doesn't even bloody load. Um, I want to hear what you think is a good idea and what is a bad idea. I think a lot of people get nervous about the idea of being proposed to in public. Like I say, I would hope that when you get to that stage in your relationship, you're pretty sure the answer is going to be yes, but you never know. And I feel like that would be so soul destroying can you imagine there there are fewer things more embarrassing to do in public i've done most of them at various ages of my life but still so i want to hear all your proposal stories now next week's episode we have alex al coming on to give us his views and his thoughts on proposals he is my cousin. He is wonderful. He very recently got married, so it's all completely fresh in his mind. His wife is delightful. I adore her. I adore him. You are going to adore him. 
So he is going to come on and give us the man's perspective, give us his point of view. That'll be really, really exciting. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I've helped give you some inspiration. If you are going to propose, just do it. Just trust in your instincts, follow your gut, say, you don't have to say anything. You literally just show them the jewellery, but always show them the jewellery. People often ask without showing them the jewellery. How do we know what we're committing to? How do we know how invested you are both, both romantically and let's be honest, financially? Gotta think about these things. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, check us out on Insta at NotThatOliviaColeman. Send me any DMs, send me any stories, any info, any advice, any guidance, any questions. I'm here to help. I'll speak to you soon. Have a great day. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones, and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.